1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers have done the best business But Celtic will win the title According to Scott MacDonald The warm weather training camps are officially over As teams return home to prepare for the Scottish Cup And Gary Caldwell is unhappy with the arrogance and decision making From officials as Partick are held at home I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Celtic and Rangers are back from swanning around in the sun And the Scottish Cup is next Adrian Cowden B for the last the slaughter at the weekend If Manchester City could take nine goals off Burton Albion in a cup tie As they did last week, Alec Why can't Celtic and Rangers do the same to lower league cannon fodder? It should be a goal fest If not, why not? I just love how he ignores all the examples of the times that that hasn't happened of Between course. big teams and smaller teams Because... It doesn't suit his argument Listen, And he sticks to that, I like it Jermaine Defoe and Morelos at Cornbeef Celtic with Timothy Weir and Odson Edward Ollie Burke against Airdrie fifth in the third tier of Scottish football do me a favour we'll see yeah listen it's not as easy as he was making out there but I do agree that I think it'll be comfortable afternoons for both the old firm coming back I expect plenty of goals in their favours but in saying that I think there's plenty of ties that could get a little bit spicy I think that's the beauty of the FA Cup or the Scottish Cup up here um you know, there's obviously the upsets to be had, but there won't be any with the from this weekend. It's 0141-951-1025. That's the number you need to get involved. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. Uh, Hugh, of course, it was another big weekend for the Championship and the mm. lower leagues. Another weekend where we got the chance to showcase what was good about those divisions. Brilliant at the top and the bottom. I know it doesn't do much for Gary Caldwell's blood pressure with Partick Thistle being bottom of the table, but you get three teams at the top of the championship separated by just three points, and down at the bottom, the job that Jim Goodwin is doing at Aloha is causing palpitations in Mary Hill because Aloha now seven points away from the Jags. Gary Caldwell, 1-1-12, has got to come out of denial. Stop talking about referees and their arrogance and all the rest of it and stop talking about how Patrick Thistle dominate all of the games that they play. 1-1-12 for the manager. Self-denial. Well, we'll get to that a bit later on. The number you need to get in touch again, 0141-951-1025. On Twitter, we're at Clyde SSB. And here is your question for tonight, your special topic, if you like. In the week where we could see debuts for the likes of Defoe, Weah, Burke, Gold and many more... We're asking you for your most memorable debuts Now it can be memorable for being good It can be memorable for being bad And it could be memorable for being just plain bizarre You decide and you tell us In fact, the more bizarre the better Your memorable debuts Any that spring to mind, Hugh Keevans? Well, since we're on a Scottish Cup theme Okay uh, How can Roy Keane make his debut for Celtic against Clyde at Broadwood And be on the losing side? Likewise, do we... Who came in to play for Celtic that day And was told to do one After it Because he was never seen again Do you know what makes me laugh? He's just talking about Roy Keane One of the most successful players of his generation Coming into a Scottish Cup tie Against Lowly Clyde Correct They get battered at the Cup Yet you've got them winning 9 and 10 now this weekend I, I refer to my learned friend Gordon Duncan That does not suit my argument 
Uh, Alex Ray, any memorable debuts? Oh, you, you just put me in the spot there. One that sp- springs to mind when I was a young boy, the manager at the time was David Clark. And uh, where was this? Sorry, this was at Falkirk. Yeah, Falkirk he took okay. taken over. He was a Berwick uh, manager, and he came up with a big reputation. And uh, he got off to an absolute shocker. But he had a little kind of rally around about the juniors and brought this boy in. Now I don't know what his name was, and he, he put him on, and within five minutes he had subbed him again. <laughs> and after the game, he's gone. Whoever, whoever signed you should get sacked, right? And right, right out of nowhere, the boys went. It was you saying me <laughs> the uproar in the dressing room. So that was a, a I'd never heard of the guy again. I don't even know where he went to. There we go. So we're looking for your memorable debuts. If we're talking Scottish football, Hugh Keevens mentions Roy Keane and, and Dewey at Clyde. Um, I learned today. I, I, I didn't know this. You Lionel yeah. Messi sent off forty-five seconds into his Argentina debut. Wow. There we go. But uh, now becomes the first player to score four hundred goals in La Liga. So he, he picked up. And you can go across the world Of course Scottish twist on it The better But Jonathan Woodgate He own goal And sent off In his Real Madrid debut So whatever you've got Good, bad or bizarre Give us your memorable debuts I'll even tell you mine A bit later on 01419511025 Let's hear from Scott McDonald He believes Rangers have So far come out on top In the transfer window However, still thinks that Celtic are the favourites to win the title. Uh, he doesn't think they'll be phased by challenges other sides have posed in recent years. Um, does admit it could be different this time. I think you have to look at, obviously, the experience that Rangers have brought in and, and you would have to say, from who's going to hit the ground running, on paper, it would be Rangers, wouldn't it? You know, Stephen Davis has been here, done it before, an exceptional footballer, probably underrated in a lot of aspects. And then, obviously, Jermaine Defoe coming in, adding that quality in front of goal, someone that they've needed. Out with Morelos, that they've sort of lacked that attacking sort of threat. Where's the goal's going to come from? You know, Celtic, again, have signed a lot of talent, youthful talent, and it's a question whether or not they can hit the ground right. Look, it's, it's difficult for both. I think coming to Scotland is a little bit different for, you know, even probably Jermaine. You know, when he comes up, he'll notice how much di- more difficult it is to find your space. Teams are going to be playing, you know, banks of fours and fives, and and how do you create that? But if you give him half a yard, he'll take it. We're level points here. Celtic have got a game in hand, so they're still in control. They win that game in hand, they go three points clear, um, and I think a lot's going to be said for the next sort of six to eight games. Celtic have got more games at home than what Rangers have over that period, and let's be real, both teams have been. Very, very poor away from home. So if Rangers can turn that round and, and hang in there throughout that period, then uh, we've certainly got a really good title race you know, um, on our hands for the rest of the season. Because they've been there and, and done it now in previous seasons, the only uh, argument you can have with that is how do they deal with the pressures if, Celt- if Rangers you know, hold on to them uh, and go neck and neck with them. Uh, Hugh, we can debate all day long about the, the pros and cons of the, the winter break, the winter shutdown. What it has done has just intensified everything. Oh. You know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Correct. It's a bit like that with our game because we had that big blockbuster between Rangers and Celtic um, right before the break. And all of a sudden, sometimes in football, you, you get a game a couple of days later or a week later and we, we find out if... You know, if, if you can banish the memories of that, if you can go on a run, but everybody's just been left to stew for a few weeks in this city. Well, interesting what Scott said there because the quickest way to incense and outrage the Celtic support on social media, as I discovered today, is to suggest that Davis and Defoe uh, may be better signings than uh, Timothy Weir uh, and Ollie Burke and uh, Bio. Bio. So, 
That's the quickest way to start an argument. Only time will tell. But you can't rubbish the foe. And you can't rubbish Stephen Davis. You can point to their age, yes, an aggregate age of 70 years. But you have to say that these players possess outstanding talent. And then the Celtic supporters go back over the, the failures. Many of them at Celtic, uh, who came in the latter stages of their careers and didn't hit it off. However, I do believe that Rangers and Celtic, it is on a knife edge and Celtic's game in hand is against St Johnston who are always difficult opponents. So it is finely poised and from an entertainment point of view, that's the way it should be. I can hear the Celtic fans shouting, yeah, they're always difficult opponents apart from last time we played them when yeah, we finished 6-0 or whatever it was. But Hugh does make a good point and St Johnston have been on a, a good run since then. Anyway, uh, what do you make of the more general point, Alex? I think he's right in what he says. I think Rangers have recruited... Better in the window But again We're only saying that Because we don't know enough About the, the boys That have come in for Celtic uh, They are tried and tested I've I've been saying for weeks now That Rangers need a creative midfielder Who is going to pull the strings They're going to Get everybody going in the right direction Opening doors and things And Stephen Davis Very much does that It's interesting because uh, Stephen Gerrard said In the last couple of days as well It gives him options to change The formation Whereas he hasn't had that mm. Celtic will be really comfortable as well where they are, Gordon, in terms of the personnel they have because they've been over the course and distance. They've got some fresh legs. I think that'll be interesting to see the FBS 17 days to go because we don't know who's still to come in. We don't know who's still to go out because there's obviously a lot of names in Deadwood at both clubs as well. So, Kamarnock, how does it affect him as well with the boy Stuart going? That's that's an absolute body blow for them. Uh, and then you've got the, the dynamic where uh, can Rangers get the boy Jones in? That would effectively really... Do command in effectively John is a Celtic fan on the line What's on your mind tonight John? Uh, can I speak to Hugh Keevans please? No he's listening Hugh it's about uh, Friend of Roger statement in a record on Friday I was very disappointed about that statement I'm not going to be signing any marquee signings uh-huh. I don't know if that's coming from Brendan Or coming from the board But we three years there were near Rangers And they're right up behind us now I see the thing The board and maybe Brendan Rogers Is playing Russian roulette Just now because The day it's uh, the boy Toure We don't need another mid- midfielder we need a couple of marquee signings, maybe a couple, maybe a couple of defenders. As I say, we'll drop 25 points on on the away, away uh, games this season. You, you, you lost a game, you're, you're jumping down about three three places. We can't go for 10, never mind. We've got to get eight first before we can get 10. That's my point tonight, mate. It's not quite as dramatic as you painted, John. 18 points is bad enough. But it's not 25 points It's 18 points dropped on the road Four defeats, three draws Three careless, needless draws That have squandered six points That Celtic would uh, very much like to have now uh, So yes, there's, there's, there's work to be done In the remainder of this window As Alec Ray said you know, And uh, it's at the back mm. That Celtic need to examine themselves uh, I think that Brendan Rodgers Was simply pointing out That it's not the Celtic way to lash out millions and millions Odson Edwards certainly cost £9 million But prior to that they had sold Moussa Dembele for twice that sum of money uh, Transfer windows are problematic for Celtic You look at those who are going out in this window They only came in in the last one And Celtic are trying to offload Malumbu and Jack Henry and Lewis Morgan uh, So transfer windows are problematic And the thing... <laughs> Yeah, on you go, John. See, you see, go. see the guys you mentioned there, they must put about 50, 50 grand a week between four or five of them. And that was Brendan Rodgers and his pilots. I just get these boys on uh, Henry and uh, uh, the boys. Who's your boy for having them? Yeah, these guys are really good. Well, yeah. 
It was we'd three we'd three years there when the Rangers and Lobel's going like oh, we don't really need to get a couple of marquee signings because we won a league. Mm-hmm. But for eight this year, I say we need about at least I two think, guys. I think some a lot of Celtic supporters thought that this window, in the immediate aftermath of the defeat from Rangers, and given the state of the league table, I think a lot of Celtic fans thought it would be, to use a better expression, a marquee signing, uh, but. Brendan Rodgers appears to be telling the supporters no this won't happen and they have instead gone for bio at £2 million That's what I was going to say how problematic is this word marquee because I mean I know Celtic have done well to raise a lot of money because of the Champions League and so on in recent seasons they've still just spent £2 million that, that, that's not that's not quite pocket change to us up here No, no, no but they have Down 20, south maybe but it's, yeah. it's still £2 million on yeah, a player yeah. But they have £27 million in the bank and so that's, that's what I mean then are, are we only satisfied once you spend everything you've got It's very very simple The Celtic supporters And John has, has outlined it there You can't get 10 in a row if you don't get 8 And if Celtic don't get 8 The supporters will turn on Peter Lawwell And on Brendan Rodgers They will cite every bad signing made In successive transfer windows uh, and they will blame the club for not reacting mm. well enough to the, the way the league is poised at the winter break. All right, thank you to John in Greenock on the line. Remember, we're asking for your memorable debuts. It can be good memorable, bad memorable, or bizarre. So let's hear from them. Loads coming in on Twitter, yeah. Hugh. Yeah. Soon, jo- as, soon as there's got to be one, surely. Or at Easter Road. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a fair tackle, personally, but there you go. Uh, John Clark says Janino debut for Celtic against Rangers. He was man of the match, barely played ever again, and when he did, he was dreadful. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm amazed it took even more than one minute for this one to come up here. Mick King Henrik passing it straight to Chip Charnley away oh, to Hibbs. Yes. The rest is history. Uh, but that day, a few Celtic fans must have had their head in their hands thinking, What's Dud. Well, they, Whatever happened to him? Well, funnily enough, they then go and lose the next game as well. Which is against Infermon at Celtic Park And standing in this very studio uh, On the evening of that game the, the first get Vim Jansen out call Came in after two matches Get him out it wasn't and you get, was it? No 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 I was here saying Hold on oh, keep calm Give him another two games So Henrik started off with Two played No points He, he came on after that he done okay. He got he? better after that. Yeah. yeah, he was not bad, right? Memorable debuts, good, bad, or bizarre. Let's hear them. Scott is a Celtic fan in Barmulloch. You got a memorable debut for us, Scott? I see before I say it. Came to the last I talked about Marquis saying. Uh-huh. I've seen three of them make their debut and every one of them we get beat. Roy Keane, Rob, Roy Keane, Craig Bellamy, and Henrik Larson. All played and uh, uh, Henrik Larson I'll all played in games and lost. I'll, I'll give you a fourth. Robbie Keane. Lost. Robbie Keane, yeah, I was going to see Robbie Keane as well, yeah. Debut, debut Commander. Uh, what was Bellamy's debut, Scott? I can't remember that one. Oh, it was Rangers at I Parkhead, I'm sure it was nothing oh, each. Nothing, yeah, I'm sure. I think, I think it, it was a Rangers each. game, wasn't it? It was nothing each. Nothing each is Celtic Park. Yeah. What, what's the one that sticks out for you then? Uh, well, the, the, worst de- the, the worst debut's got to be. Sure, you'll remember this. Don't know if I like well, Wally Garner, St. Mirren versus Celtic. Two on goals. Head. Yeah, two on two goals from Wally, yeah. And Danny McGrain scored the third one <laughs> in his own goal as well. 3 1, we get beaten, get cuffed out the section. That's quite something, Hugh. Yeah, uh, poor old Willie. He played for Aberdeen as well. Lovely fellow, Willie. Uh, he just had one of those days. As I say, you know, it can happen. Alec is talking about uh, Roy Keane, one of the greatest players of his generation. 
His debut was rubbish as well <laughs> Maybe there's an alternative view You set the bar low And then anything yeah, you do it's, after it's is great But I did say I was looking for good debuts as well So I don't I don't feel quite so bad Were you at the game that day Scott? I was yeah I was yeah um, Couldn't believe what I was watching Couldn't believe it It's like like, like, oh, at least you know in the air. Now, I've seen some cracking old goals, Terry Butchers was a good one, and the same end I was standing that day as well. But, um, uh, they, they two goals were crackers. I'm sure one of them was a diving header. If my memory serves me right. That was um, it. That was poor old Terry. Uh, he'd a diving header. No, no, no. Well, they won't have all the gamblers. It was a diving header. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Clearly, they couldn't have bought it. They bought him Colin. And the thing was, Willie Gamler had played the Aberdeen the season before in Europe and had been had been outstanding. Oh. Uh-huh. Colin in Europe. But listen, and you know. I think they signed for Celtic. You were that, brilliant. We've got a centre half in here that can play in Europe. And, um, I think he played in two other games. He played at St Johnston at Newton Park and we got beat. And he played the day after Johnny Doyle died. Easter Road And we get beat that day as well well Listen I, I, Raphael Who came in from Brazil And Celtic paid Five million pounds for him Marquee uh, Yep yeah, And uh, Allegedly five million pounds In wages mm-hmm. uh, He came on When it was five nothing uh, Against Dundee At Celtic And with Two or three minutes After he came on It was five two <laughs> And I, I remember Somebody saying to me Who used to play for Celtic Sitting beside me In the press box Said I hope he's nervous <laughs> 01419511025 Thank you to Scott and Barmullock We're looking for your memorable debuts Good, bad or bizarre I'm loving some of these on Twitter Hugh Because I said I was looking for the most You know obscure ones oh. well, what, what, You know I'm, I'm looking for a bit of knowledge here AED says Pavel Nedved's European debut was memorable It was for Sparta Prague At Airdrie Oof. Wow, there we go I like that At Clyde SSB Keep the memorable debuts coming in Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Are here taking more of your calls After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims For 40 years Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here Hugh Keevans is eventually here He was nodding along like a like the old Churchill dog At Amber's travel there Because of how slow it is in Bearsden you, yes. you were not happy this afternoon I eventually packed it in In my <laughs> daughter's car Left her in the two Grand Wains And said I'll walk it <laughs> Faithfully Road You know the geography I do, yeah, Alec absolutely, yeah. Faithfully Road to here 30 minutes the old guy got on Yeah and no, Not walking No high techs to be seen No nope. in, the, in the, the, the fancy shoes as well no, the, the old M&S right, Shoes okay, are good. Other, other stores are available They've clocked up a few miles Those things oh, yeah, So I'll bet Right he's here anyway And he wants to take your calls So give us a shout 0141 951 uh, On Twitter We're at Clyde SSB Talking all the big news stories of the day Transfer uh, Rumours Transfer stories Looking back uh, Looking forward I should say uh, To the football The top flight teams Coming back at the weekend And we're asking you For your memorable Debuts Good Bad Or bizarre This could be the week That we see Defoe And Weah Burke uh, Gold And all the rest of them Potentially making their debuts So give us Your memorable ones Hugh So many coming in on Twitter oh. I can barely go through them all Tom Murphy says Barry One Touch Robson Came on and scored With his first touch uh, I assume that was for Celtic Yeah I think it was um, Alan Cleland is a, He's stolen mine Hugh Keevans yeah. So we'll do it Shall we And I'm not sure If you'll even remember this David Ferrer Does the name ring a bell? Mm. Why would I be Why would it be mine? Motherwell Right okay There's there's the link I was actually a ball boy At this game oh. Would you believe Right okay David Ferrer He comes on at half time Alex Yes Bangs in a hat trick Wow In the second half His only goals That he ever scored for the club <laughs> And nine games later He's gone 
Was he hopeless? No, I think, I think that would be the administration time and, and, and all the rest of it But nine games later, he's gone Comes on at half-time, hat-trick Never scores again Gary Mackay-Steven scored for Celtic 37 seconds into his debut at Fir Hill he did. He And did. then I remember his last game against St Mirren Scottish Cup Brendan Rodgers took him off at half-time and said afterwards He says, you know I left him on there for 10 days They'd never have scored so I, think anyway. for, I think Fernando Rickson If my memory serves me right Had a Was it the 6-2 game uh, He substituted after yeah. 21 minutes or so yeah, Bobby Petter was uh, Dancing round about him And uh, Dick Advocate Had enough Yeah There we go It shows you, it shows you But the debut doesn't really mean nothing no, Because no, no. He's, Fernando won everything uh, Okay Memorable debuts And anything else that's on your mind by the way Sometimes we introduce these As just a, a subtopic yes, Q yes. And it just blows up I love it I like, to, uh, I like hearing your memories Alistair is a Rangers fan in Corker Hill. Hi, Alistair. Good evening, Gordon, Hugh and Sonny. I'd like to point Colin Steen, both his official debut for Rangers and his next game, his home debut, he scored a hat-trick at a both in a 5-1-1. Then the following week, he scored three against his old team, Hubs, in a 6-1-1. And can also, Gordon, raise the points. I've been to a few games lately. I was at May in Lodditch, going to the last Sunday, the city Rotherham game. I was at a junior game. Belsall versus Benbird on Saturday and left before the end to go on to Albion Rovers Peter Head game. They've seen a few extremes from different varieties. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that. Uh, I like that. From well, the, the Etihad to yeah. what was the next one? Albion Rovers. Albion Rovers. Ben Bell, yeah, yeah. In the middle. I like that. So, what's happened to the wee Rovers then, Alistair? Because they're rock bottom. They're the rock, worst team rock in Scotland. Cube. And Saturday they put up a great first half. And unfortunately for them, the goalie. It's a good enough game until the body for the opening goal. They get beat to a headed ball and it just went Peter Head's way after that. But they, they put up a good enough show until then. But it's, I think they're going to be lucky if they can avoid having to get through the playoff now, Hugh. I think you're right. What about Alistair's Colin Steen shout? Yeah, I remember Colin yeah. uh, going to Rangers. £100,000, if my memory serves me correctly. That's a fortune, wasn't it, At that time, you know, it, it, you thought that it was the kind of money that uh, you know Lionel Messi would fetch, you know. Uh, but it was some striker Colin Steen And Alice is absolutely right First two games Hat-trick, hat-trick uh, And You know I think That season Later that season I think he scored four For Scotland in one game as well uh, It was against Cyprus That's right yeah. it was yeah. It pops up in the teasers I Doesn't it first Hamden was at that game The week after Wembley The Jazz started getting beat 4-1 At Wembley the week before Aye. Uh, Alistair You've covered off a number of teams recently Your Your main team if you like Is Rangers How much are you looking forward to Seeing them back in action this weekend I'm glad to see them back in action But I think it's a bit daft Taking the break and coming back To play Scottish Cup football If I'm going to be honest Gordon But I'll release the chance Of seeing games at that level again And hopefully that they can carry on Where they left just before Christmas I don't think the scheduling is all that bad You know, I think no. Celtic and Rangers have been handed A guilt-edged opportunity here You know, to to bring in the new signings the uh, fool might look, have a wee look around Central Park, Cowden Beef, and think he's landed on the dark side of the moon. But uh, you know, he can. I'm sure he's seen some old sites down mm. in England as well. So I think it gives Rangers the chance to get Stephen Davis and Defoe uh, a good warm up before Kilmarnock and the the league race starting again. And for Celtic at home to Airdrie. Uh, Ollie Burke That big park at Celtic there He should thrive on that Timothy Weir I'm sure the crowd are Very eager to get a look at him too Just so uh, quotes, nice quotes in the newspapers today From Neymar mm, Giving, the, giving that, praise yes. to Timothy Weir So that, that'll be high praise Hugh Keevans Well I mean that's Praise indeed But uh, as I say Celtic and Rangers have been handed A guilt-edged mm. 
chance to really get themselves going. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an absolutely brilliant opportunity because you come back, you're not creating any expectations, you know you're going to go and win the game comfortable. Yeah, you're also in a bit of a no win situation then. Because, yeah, you know, but if you know that, Gordon, you're at Rangers and Celtic, you know that you know, I mean, no win. And I mean, what I mean by that is what type of scoreline is it going to take for people to be truly impressed? Yeah, but the thing is, from the, from the club's point of view, they'll be just looking for the players to come back, get back up to speed, and I then because their games in the midweek are absolutely yeah. brilliant. It's going, we're going to be, going to be on, tough. I fear we're going to be on weather watch this week, Hugh. Wow. Um, I don't know if you noticed that Cowden Beath from their official Twitter account today actually tweeted saying, uh, We've been keeping a close eye on the weather forecast ahead of the game against Rangers. We've decided to put the pitch covers down to protect the pitch against frost. We're asking for volunteers to come along and assist the club at 1 pm. On Wednesday So I stuck your name down Hope you don't mind Well yeah I've got the shovel at the ready um, <laughs> I think though That we, we always look for a, a, a get out clause for players I always try to cut them some slack Before a game started No There's no get out clause There's no slack Celtic are playing the team Who are fifth In the third tier of Scottish football Rangers are playing the team Who are fifth In the fourth tier of Scottish football They should be going out there And running up Substantial scores The pair of them Otherwise They're boomed See the Man City uh, performance last week, Hugh. It should be an indication for yeah. these players to go put the fit to the floor, yeah. and then because what it does do is, uh, particularly if you get the goals that are kind of spread about, it breeds confidence, yeah. and then you go on and you get into the commandment game with a bit of, uh, you know, umph, and then obviously the same with Celtic we go against St Mirren. So yeah, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Um, I noticed as well, you know, that the Scottish FA they published the, the list of the fixtures, Hugh, and they tell you when. The games will be replayed in yep. the event of a draw and also when they'll be rescheduled. And uh, the one that caught my eye, this big tie that we're all really looking forward to, the Auchinleck against Air game in the Cup. Um, if that is postponed, if it, if it doesn't beat the weather, it will be replayed, or it'll be played for the first time, I should say, on a Wednesday afternoon at 1pm. That's normally the time when lots of workplaces get phone calls from people who are <laughs> attending their granny's funeral at 1 o'clock. Uh, anyway 01419511025 And the phones Honestly so many good memories Coming in in terms of Memorable debuts Whether they're good Whether they're bad Whether they're just ridiculous So many uh, The Will Is on says One of the best was Defo Big Russian Oleg He says uh, Against St Mirren He did everything but score And was immense at centre back And then the knee injury uh, I remember that day I was at that game And uh, I remember Um he didn't realise that the, the crowd at Ibrox were rising to him. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Terry Butcher. Memory can sometimes play tricks with you. Who tapped him on the shoulder and said, Listen, this is for you. Listen, this is for you. Yeah. And he went, Oh, wow. Thomas and Clyde Bank, you'll remember this one. A young Tony Watt, two goals against yeah. Motherwell at Fir Park. Yeah. Celtic that? were yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, toiling that day. And uh, Tony Watt came on and. In a matter of minutes Had scored mm. both goals And then honestly Thanks to John Clark For lowering the tone He says Chris Iwalumo Scotland debut <laughs> Not much more to say <laughs> Well we yeah. did We did want both sides Of the, we did. the argument We did Yeah the, the, the miss of all time That one <laughs> You know it's So bad that When you watch it back You know that it's not going in But you still Kind of I think just, that it might <laughs> You watch it And you yeah. go I wonder Maybe it will go in this time Painful stuff 01419511025 That's the number John and Paisley dialed Hi John How you doing? It could be worse Bo Anderson's miss against Celtic Very true Very true <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a card No I mean if you're lucky No my point is I think Kerr's been quite shrewd In what he's done In the transfer market But I people just let us go And we were jobs Instead of 
It's people like McDonald's. Uh, that's Stuart. Whatever his name is, used to play with Celtic. Scott McDonald. Scott McDonald saying this and that. Listen, let us do our own business and we'll do our talking on the park and see the people try to bum us up. Well, I don't think. Nah. To, to be fair, he actually said that Rangers are recruited well. He still feels as if Celtic will go on and win it. Uh, but he, he also went on to say that he felt as if you never know when the challenge uh, is there, the pressure. He, when, he was the guy that actually turned things about in Helicopter Sunday, effectively, wasn't he? Because everyone felt Scorps, as if it was yeah. done and dusted and it was just a formality. Uh, but once it gets to that latter stage, if Rangers are still very much in it, anything can happen. I'm always astonished by comments like that. You should shut right. up. Because, I mean, you'd have no newspapers, you'd have no television coverage, you'd have no Radio Clyde if comment was banned. What kind of country do you want to live in where comment is banned? Well, uh, you get, uh, every time we say anything, you bring us down. So, what? you know what I mean? There's no point in talking. That's what you do. If somebody's actually got some positive issue, you bring people down. That's just... Many a times. That, that you, do, it, you don't have a positive view. You have a negative view. I've you don't got want a posi- people... I, I have got a positive view. I'm quite happy with my team. As according to you, know, at the start of the season, my team are hopeless. But for the changes I've made and where they are, we're doing, for a team that's hopeless, we're doing no bad. Nobody used the word hopeless in connection oh, with Rangers. Are you playing with words again? You're playing with the word yeah. hopeless. Yeah, nobody, nobody said hopeless. And well, you are on with a negative point of view. You don't want Scott McDonald or anyone else to comment on things. Well, you can't have that. It's a free country and people are allowed to comment. And he's a former professional player of high standing Well that's Your opinion It's high standing I don't know you know what I mean I've watched him I don't think he's that great well, I'm sure he speaks Very highly of you <laughs> At the same time <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I, I've liked to talk Pondoff He was that clever I like that John <laughs> Wait, How many, many caps Did you get for Australia <laughs> Oh here we go hey, I've maybe got a few Kangaroos if you want <laughs> Ah careful now that was John and Paisley 01419511025 uh, Alex actually on Friday night We asked a question Which I think would be up your street um, mm-hmm. We were asking specifically We were doing it for all teams But quickly for, for both Rangers and Celtic Specifically What is the one thing You would Expect Slash want them to be better at When they come back after this You know 10 days or whatever on the training ground uh, uh, Well uh, I, I know you might have one specific thing I'd like to see Rangers A wee bit more flexible In terms of the way they go You know They, they always have the 4 And the 3-3 three, three effectively I'd like to see a couple Change it to 2 up top more I think the fact that You know They've brought uh, Hardy back And they've also got the 4 Will give them that option To play 2 up top uh, And I would like to see them A lot more clinical For me They and I'd like them to play a lot, with a lot more tempo in their game. You know, between the lines, a lot more quicker, get balls and play more high tempo. That way, you would overrun teams, mm. and, and with the personnel they have, they would get more opportunities and score more goals. Uh, from Celtic's point of view, listen, I think middle to front, I think they're fabulous. I think for the back, they're susceptible to uh, getting taken. You look at uh, Big Michael Lustig struggling. Uh, they're looking to try and maybe recruit a right back. I just wrote down Let's say this for centre-halves Now people come on earlier on For, for centre-halves They were saying something I want a marquee centre-half Aya, Jack, Comper, Benkovic, Boyata, Simunovic And they want another So something has to give there Some of these guys need to go out And then free up some money Because that's a half a dozen centre-halves I've counted Still asking for your memorable debuts um, Obviously we love the Scottish ones But I don't mind mentioning the other ones That are deserving of it Mick says Wayne Rooney hat-trick debut For Man United against yeah. Fenerbahce Remember yeah. that in the Champions oh, yeah. League That was incredible uh, Sean as well Jonathan Woodgate for Real Madrid Scores yes. an own goal Sent off and they lose <laughs> Um, of course bonus points for the Scottish ones uh, John McKenzie says Frank Monroe scored an own goal against St Mirren And Frank McGarvey roasted them 
He says So <laughs> there we go Jock Steen's last signing that was There we go Good stuff Frank Monroe Yes Good fact really? Yeah David Farrell's just texted me So if no. he's wrong it's his, it's his <laughs> fault Oh no, no, no. Faz, Faz is never wrong 01419511025 Let's hear from you Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan Let's hear from you on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB Any of your thoughts on the transfer signing so far The, the rumour mill is in full flow as well And of course your memorable debuts uh, You're going to have to Check your source, Alex Ray. Yes. Numerous people saying that Pat Bonner was Jock Steen's yes. last signing. One of my big pals, Paul so Malloy, said, but sort that out amongst yourselves. I'm just going to read the text, right? Was <laughs> Frank Monroe, Jock Steen's last signing, scored an OG and got battered by Frank McGarvey. Got beat 2 1 at Cel- uh, by St Mirren at Celtic Park. So You're just passing the blame. I'm I don't passing mind the blame that. Right, okay. uh, memorable debut, Stephen McGrath says Chris Burke's Rangers debut was against Kilmarnock. It was 1 0. And he scored two in a 4-2 win Great, there's just so many The memory oh. skills, I'm impressed um, <laughs> You need to read the bottom of that Listen, you can sort that out amongst yourselves sure. I'm, I don't mind uh, What else have we got as well? There was another one I liked there, Hugh Keevans That I was going to read Oh yeah, Governor Walker And he won't be happy that we haven't missed it He says, Big DJ's old firm debut Age 16 Well, not strictly speaking the truth that because it, it wasn't his debut. Yeah, he, that's true. He, yeah. he played against Cowden Beef, I think. There it, we go. Uh, in a league match. So we're looking for actual debuts. Good, bad, or indifferent. Kieran says Dirk Boritka, remember him? Oh yeah, he got injured after about twenty minutes. He so. says he looked good for twenty minutes against St. Mirren and then made sixteen appearances in three years due to his chocolate yeah. ankles. He yeah, says. you'd always get him in Royal Exchange Square, like the coffee in Royal Exchange uh, Square. That was Kieran. Right, we're he at Clyde there more than at Celtic. <laughs> we're at Clyde SSB on Twitter and on the phones. Um we are 0141951025. Uh, a bit of news coming out of Celtic today, mm. gentlemen, is that Damien Duff and Stephen McManus have joined the coaching staff. So the former Republic of Ireland midfielder Duff is the new reserve team coach And of course Steve McManus Going back to the club where he made his name He's going to be the under 18s coach Having been working in Motherwell's academy well, Yeah, a bit have done at Fir Park You know, because Stephen Cragen's going off uh, He's leaving the coaching staff there And now uh, Big Mick has joined them uh, elsewhere So there's a couple of vacancies there for smart boys uh, Alex, there's a bit more to it than because you were a good player Or because you know the club You're going to be a good coach However How beneficial can it be For academy players To, to be learning from guys That, that have yeah, done it absolutely. at that level Yeah I think Steve McManus Epitomises everything that Celtic Have to offer You know He, he, he wore the, the jersey with pride Performed at the highest level uh, Represented his country So he will pass on that knowledge And he will learn as he's going as well with the coaching side of things, with the support of the team that they have at, at you know at Lennox Town, and uh, I was saying to you prior to coming on the show, Damien Duff, what what a player he was, technically brilliant, um, old fashioned, you just all left foot, just jink past people, so he's coming up as well, but he has a reputation of playing with a big club, mm. so he knows what it actually takes to get there, so he can then pass that back on to the boys. Um, but I think it's a really good bit of business by Celtic again because the two of them will come with great stature and uh, obviously plenty of knowledge. That's the, the vacancy left by Sean Maloney, who, who yeah. of course went off um, to Belgium. Um, from what we understand, there was quite a few well-known names who, oh. who fancied it. Yeah. Um, it's Damien Duff who's been given the nod. Um, and I said, well, we had Chris McCart in the studio last week, of course. So clearly there's a, 
there's a profile there that, that's been try, to try and to try and fit, you know, the sort of young-ish coach guys who have played at high level, guys who perhaps know the club as well. In Steve McManus's case, you can't quibble. Uh, one, a Republic of Ireland international; the other, Scotland international. High caliber careers. Uh, you can't quibble with their appointment. Obviously, like all job vacancies, there's a there's a successful client, and there are those who are left disappointed. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Craig is a Celtic fan from Cardonald. Hi, Craig. How you doing, guys? Not bad, Craig. Okay. What's your point tonight? Um, well, we're talking earlier about this phrase, Marquis signing. Yeah. I think the problem we've got with that is, is Marquis signing to me in the past has always been a player that's maybe at the end of his career looking to come up here earn a quick buck for a year and finish off his career with a team he's maybe supported that's not what we should be looking for moving forward when point in question Rangers have took the four on loan I think if you were to actually go and try and buy him I would say you'd probably find you'd need to spend six or seven million to get a player at 36 hence why Rangers have took him on loan and I think that's the only kind of thing you're going to get up in Scotland I don't think we're going to get a decent quality the guy was saying defender I think to get a decent quality defender that's going to serve you well in Europe plus domestically I use Philip Benkovic in question £11 million that's always getting quoted at and he's only 21-22 years of age these players aren't going to come up and play in Scotland. And even if they would, they can't afford the salaries. In Benkovic must be on 50, 60 grand a week at Leicester. Defoe's on 80 grand a week at Bournemouth. We can't afford this. So I think the marquee signing of the days of old, I think, is finished. And I think trying to attract big-name players to come to Scotland is just not the finances of Scottish football to attract these big, big names. Hence why we're trying to bring in £2 million players here that are younger, that we can maybe develop and make some money on. Celtic tried to get Timothy Castagna. He basically turned around and said, no, nah, no thanks, you're OK. It's not for me, I'd rather go elsewhere. But I think that says what we're kind of limited to in Scottish football. I think uh, my interpretation of marquee signing is... The player who contains the wow factor You bring him in and think Wow he's going to really strengthen this side And I do take your point That when you go back 20 years When Martin O'Neill came to Celtic He was given £6 million To sign Chris Sutton £6 million for John Hartson £6 million for Neil Lennon £4 million for Alan Thompson £22 million on four players You know, But those days You're right Those days have gone However I think Celtic supporters, and I'll ask you the question, Craig, with the league as finely poised as it is, do you expect, and we do have 17 days left in the window, do you expect players, other than Ollie Burke and Timothy Weir and Bio, do you expect players to come in who will make the difference between Celtic winning the league title and not winning the title? Honestly, my answer would be, first of all, no, I don't I don't think there will be anybody coming in. And I think that's a two-point one. I think January transfer window is problematic at best. Mm-hmm. They're nine out of ten getting somebody that nobody wants. They can't get a game at their club. And then I go back to, I think the players that we 
should be looking to bring in. The value of these players is beyond what Celtic and Rangers are prepared to pay out. Maybe not just in transfer fees. I think £5-6 million transfer fees for Celtic is maybe OK. 2 3 million for Rangers is probably doable. But I think when you then start talking about £50,000, £60,000 a week, £40,000 a week salaries... Well, let me uh, let me so ask you this. Let me ask you this then, Craig. Do you believe that the transfer business that's been done so far, Bio, Wea, Burke, do you believe that that strengthens Celtic sufficiently to guarantee the title? I would say percentage wise, seventy thirty. Yes, I think we, we definitely needed strengthening up front, without a doubt. Because you can't rely on Edward on his own, and he's not a true striker in, 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 in that mould. I do think to guarantee the title here, and, and I'll use your phrase, I think there needs to be serious consideration given the strength at the back. Either let Anthony Ralston finish the season off, Michael Lustig's been a fantastic servant, but like Tom Boyd in his, his heyday towards the end of his career, once he's lost that couple of yards of pace, playing the football the way Celtic want to play it, I think the guys get left for six and seven. And I don't I think it's not going to lead to more more mishaps on his behalf. And I would not like to see him go down that road. I think if they're not going to invest, then they're going to need to look to the younger players that are there and say, look, listen, this is your chance. You go and do it. Again, I go back to to invest Alex, is there an unhealthy obsession with this idea of a marquee signing? Because let's look at the squads as they are at the moment. Who's Rangers' best player, most important player? Morelos, you would say, yeah? Yeah. He was not even remotely a, a marquee signing, not even close. Who's Celtic's best player? I don't really know, but you could probably take McGregor. your pick from McGregor, maybe Forrest, maybe Rogic. Again, one thing they've all got in common. Not remotely marquee yeah. signings Why do we put so much emphasis on it? I think one of the key things Prior to this window for me Is, is be, uh, the, the noose That the, the, the everyone's saying is They've got 27 million Spend it And I think it's a reaction On the back of the old firm game I said prior to the, the window open I think Craig makes some Really valid points In terms of bringing players in The marketplace And how you can actually do that uh, I think they're all valid For Celtic I always maintain there wouldn't be a marquee signing And when I say marquee It's usually the, the fee that they pay Because people associate and go Six, seven million, it must be brilliant But you're not even guaranteed this And then you have to pay the wages I think Celtic have been really responsible In terms of what they're doing In terms of the model They're believing in it I don't know sure Brendan Rodgers believes in it Because he'd like to go and spend The six to eight to ten millions the Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. On the memorable debuts, uh, Zab has got one that the St Mirren fans will remember, Hugh. He says, Isma Goncalves League Cup semi. We put St Mirren one up against Celtic at Hamden eight minutes into his debut. We did of course go on to win 3-2 and then he scored in the final. Superb. Yes. I like that bit of detail we've got there. Yeah, um, he was a good player. He looked a decent player but... Uh, didn't sustain it uh, Anyway Time for Beat the Pundit We'll keep that going In the second hour If you fancy Beat the Pundit Tonight 01419511025 Give us a call Do it quickly Because you do only have Until the news at 7 If you want to take on Alex Ray or Hugh Keevans 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're good fun going down memory lane. We've been asking you uh, for your standout debuts, whether it was because the player was brilliant or he was terrible or something strange happened. Let's hear your memorable debuts We'll keep that going in the second half We'll keep talking transfers And of course We're about to hear from Gary Caldwell Having a real pop at referees um, So Partick Thistle fans Give us your thoughts We'll get to that next Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It's a new week It's a clean slate On Beat the Pundit Alex and Hugh are both ready They've been studying hard all weekend And one of them is going to take on Joe, who's a Celtic fan from Castlemilk. How are you, Joe? Hi, how you doing? Not too bad, Joe. Um, and you have the prize already. I've been the first person I've ever heard whose surname is Motherwell. Motherwell. I know you're going to say something about that. Honestly. <laughs> because sometimes the producer, he likes to help me out. He writes the name and he writes what team they support and so on. And it took me a minute to figure it out because I thought... You, yeah, but I've got you now. So there we go, Hugh Keepers. <laughs> ever heard of a Mr Motherwell before? Never ever. There we go, Will. Nice uh, to have you here, Joe. Yes, good to have you, Joe. Yeah. I'm going to toss the coin anyway. Um, and Hedge will be up against Hugh. Tails will be up against Alex. And it is heads So it's Hugh against Mr Motherwell From Castle Milk Hugh will give you The old Clyde 2 in the ear And that way you don't know What Joe's saying Right Joe um, Have you ever played before by the way? No that's the first time Ah right okay Well here's the drill You've got 30 seconds You're going head to head with Hugh Just to see how many you can get right But the secret is You can pass uh, Alright Good man Your 30 seconds Starts Now How many goals did Queen of the South Score against Ross County On Saturday? In what decade did Scotland make their first World Cup appearance? Uh, 17 uh, Which team is Rangers youth player Zach Rudden on loan to? Motherwell Which two teams make up the new firm? Celtic uh, uh, What year did Fergus McCann take over at Celtic? Forward, Just guess uh, Which team are 13 points ahead of Scottish League 1? Uh, Abrove Okay Hugh Keevans, can you hear us, Hugh? I can. You can, right. Same set of questions to you. You ready? Mm-hmm. How many goals did Queen of the South score against Ross Four. County on Saturday? In which decade did Scotland make their first World Cup appearance? In the 1950s. Which team is Rangers youth player Zach Rudden on loan to? Falkirk. Which two teams make up the new firm? Aberdeen Dundee United. What year did Fergus McCann take over at Celtic? 1994. Which team are 13 points ahead in Scottish League One? Uh, Peterhead. Uh, who was the manager of Celtic when Mikel Lustig signed? Quickly, because your time's up. Gordon Strachan. Okay. What do you think, Joe? Skelped. <laughs> Skelped. <laughs> Is it a lot easier when you're playing at home, Joe? Yeah, hey, I definitely. Uh, to be fair, but the questions were quite hard, man. See, do you normal. know what? Some of them are right up Hughes Street. That's uh, I think yeah, you were done there, that's but that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see how we got in anyway. How many goals did Queen of the South score against Ross County on Saturday? It was four. I mean, you were in here, so I expect you to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what decade did Scotland make their first World Cup appearance? It was the fifties. You were probably there, so I'd expect you to know that. Two <laughs> uh, 0 uh, Rangers youth player Zach Rudden is on loan. To Falkirk It's 3-0 Joe It's only heading one way uh, uh, At least I got one Because I broke one's right <laughs> Which two teams make up the new firm? Aberdeen, Dundee United How old are you Joe? If you don't mind me asking uh, 29 
I thought you'd have known that one I must say But anyway It was Aberdeen Dundee United So it's four for Hugh It then went five You were never going to forget this Fergus McCann No 94 yeah 94 uh, Which team are 13 points ahead In Scottish League 1 Joe oh. knew it And you didn't So I don't know if that's <laughs> worth Any bonus points or what But our, our broth is right it's not a, a zero I go, Exactly uh, Who was the manager of Celtic When Mikael Lustig signed Would you have known that one Joe? Uh, Strachan's or no? It was Neil Lennon actually. Neil Lennon So you're glad you didn't get to that one either Joe, the theme of the show tonight has been memorable debuts Whether they're good or terrible You can decide which that was on your Beat oh, the Pundit ter- debut Terrible Roy Keane against Clyde <laughs> Good man That was Joe Motherwell Still the only man I've ever heard whose surname is Mother. There we go, it was a, a scalping As he, he put it himself Is your name, your surname The same as that of a football team? Let us know Oh no, we've got enough. We've got enough topics on tonight. <laughs> we'll save that for tomorrow. That was a scalping, wasn't it? I was a doing actually, but uh, to yeah. be fair, the audience on fire tonight. Yeah, see, that half hour walk. It's put Life fire in my belly. Plenty of time to get your thoughts. A bit of fresh air. Good there for the mind. There was even a jogger. I passed a jogger in the dark. I passed a jogger, and he said, "Hey, Hugh," and he and jogged past. <laughs> What? Why is that not? It's January the fourth. It's mid January. Everyone's on a health kick. The yeah. joggers everywhere. Oh, he was giving it loudy round Kobawi Road. Yes, give it a couple of months. They'll start to Tail fade off. away. Yes, absolutely. All uh, right, let me get a quick look on Twitter to see if we've got any more memorable debuts. Uh, Paul McManus just says Mr Motherwell's had a howler Yeah <laughs> correct that, That's not a memorable debut uh, What else have we got? Was it his first time on the, on the show? Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's I, a debut in my book I've, I've, I've no reason to, to to not believe it uh, What else have we got? Daz Hall says Samaras's debut was against Kilmarnock away in the Scottish Cup 5-1 He scored a fine goal uh, And into the bottom left corner Run by three bodies he says Yeah ran from the halfway line Stunning goal George Cadet George Cadet you remember? Uh, Putting you on the spot It was a 5-0 at Celtic Park Oh yes He he, he, he scored midweek game And the noise when he scored was so great It put uh, Not this radio station Because we don't go off the air for anyone But it put uh, it put an inferior radio station <laughs> off air It, it busted equipment Aberdeen it was uh, Big Top Hat says Think I'm muted off Clyde SSB I guess this means you're not But I don't know what that's in reference to Anyway, right uh, Memorable debuts, please Graham Gunyan as well Torrey Andre Flo 5-2 against Celtic, he says Yeah, there we go I just read these out I don't, I'm yeah, assuming they're all accurate Celtic had won the first game 6-2 And then came the game at Ibrox And Rangers took 5 off Celtic No, no that was 5-1 though, was it not? 5-1, yeah So I'm not sure that's the same Anyway, anyway. But your man on Twitter might have got it slightly wrong Okay, 01419511025 Colin is a Partick Thistle fan mm. uh, But he's calling in from Ireland this evening Hi Colin Evening guys, how are you? Not too bad Good. at all Colin How are you? How are how are things as a Partick Thistle fan at the moment? Uh, pretty bad at the moment Hence the, hence the call um, <laughs> I was there on Saturday And uh, I was less than impressed And that's... Uh, that's been fairly politically correct. Um, I've got three points. The first one is um, about the how do we think Jackie Lowe and the, the board are doing in relation to the running of the club. The second question would be <clears throat> how do we think Gary Caldwell is doing in relation to uh, the management of the club. Uh, 13 games, I think, 1-1. And uh, I can't see any improvement in the, in the team on the park. And then lastly, you know, where do we go from here? Because this will have been here before. I've been there before with them. And the only thing that I can see is relegation again. I'll run through it in the, in the order in which you 
Put your questions Colin Number one Jackie Lowe Jackie Lowe yeah. Jerry Britton Everyone at the club uh, They Took the big decision To get rid of Alan Archibald uh, yeah. And What came thereafter uh, Was difficult for them I think that they have put their faith and trust in Gary Corbell and they have to stand or fall by that decision. Jackie Lowe or the club certainly quoted as saying that they were blown away by Gary Caldwell's presentation, his pitch for the job, his knowledge of the, the team, the squad. Uh, but 12 games he's had, one win. With with regard to Gary Caldwell himself Those two are, are linked so closely though aren't, aren't they Hugh And I'm, I'm not saying that it's not a valid point But you mm. only start to look at The boardroom and so on When Results. the team doesn't win mm. yeah. You know that, 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 yeah, They're yeah. hand in hand um, They have backed Gary Caldwell He has brought in a raft of players uh, Now Gary Caldwell Has to look at the players he's brought in And those who remain from the previous Alan Archibald era and ask himself this simple question Do they have the strength of character To get Patrick Thistle out of the mire And so far as this season is concerned Out of the mire means simply surviving in the championship Gary Caldwell's got to stop talking about referees He's got to stop talking about how Patrick Thistle dominate every game He's got to examine his side Because others are showing greater character than Patrick Thistle Alwa are a part-time team They're seven points above Patrick Thistle because Jim Goodwin's clearly got men about him Who are willing to fight for the cause Partick Thistle at the moment Don't look as if they have that And they'll need to develop some backbone Otherwise Where do they go from here? The last part of Colin's question Where they go from here Is the third tier of Scottish football Unless they find some backbone What did you make of Saturday as, as a whole Colin? Um, I thought it was gutless to be honest with you I think we're we can go left to right. Um, I think percentage-wise, we were up in the high 50s again. But the bottom line is that we don't look threatening up front. And, and to Hugh's point, we <clears throat> we have a few guys in that team who really care about the club. Um, but I'm not convinced that the new guys he's brought in are any better or much better than the stuff that we already had there under Alan Archibald. But what I would say is that, uh, and I was a big Archie fan, but I think the, the board took too long to get rid of them. I think after last season when we get beat 5-1 at Kilmarnock, that was the time for them to go because that was a new low for us. And uh, as I say, I think we're in deep, deep trouble. Alex, a number of new signings yeah. already, perhaps more to come. That cannot possibly be seen as an instant fix though because surely even the, the greatest yeah. managers... Would struggle to, to gel so many players so quickly I mean yeah it might happen They might all hit the ground running um, But my goodness it's certainly not a guarantee No not at all This is the last throw of the dice effectively You know they are propping up the table They've obviously played Harkins and Saunders at the weekend From a couple of the, the signings that they brought in It's interesting listening to Colin and I can feel your pain in terms of where the club is And where it's been going for a, for a couple of years now It's in, Because we had a caller on who had been Effectively getting away for the games for what four or five weeks he said at the weekend And he says but when he came back at the weekend there he's seen uh, improvement in the team's performance I think the guy's name was Andy, it was the first caller uh-huh. at the weekend So he was seeing uh, progress um, One of the alarming things for me is when the manager continuously said We played really well today, we had a bad decision Or it's a moment where people are switching off Now 
at some point these players have to take responsibility as well because you can't have players switching off time after time and even when you are playing well because there will come a period when they're not playing well they just need to try and dig out a, mm. a result for somewhere because it is actually getting desperate now well, let's hear from Gary Caldwell he says bad refereeing decisions in every game at the moment after Gary Harkins was sent off in the one all draw with Falkirk he's accused officials of showing arrogance after games he says the standard of refereeing has to get better Andrew Dallas was the man in the middle uh, at Firhill at the weekend yes very disappointed uh, it's never easy playing against you know 5-4-1 such a low block uh, I thought our boys showed great patience First half, we could have been a bit more penetrating in the final third, so we asked for that, uh, more of that in the second half, and I thought we did that for the first 20 minutes of the second, 15, 20 minutes of the second half. Got a brilliant goal, and then should have went on to win the game, but up for another crazy decision. Yeah, what did you make of that sending off? I think it's every week there's there's bad decisions in, in every game we play in. I felt like he got sucked in, they came to to frustrate and tackle and their bench erupts every time. And uh, oh, I've seen it before where the, the aggressors get away with things and, and then we get every little foul is a yellow card for us I, I don't understand how every foul we make is a yellow card yet they get away with one, two, three fouls uh, so I think he got sucked into the <laughs> it's important for people's lives that, that they get these decisions li- uh, right and I'm not saying they can be perfect I think the way they go about it after the arrogance I think they show is, isn't great and, and I think it needs to improve we need to try and make this better because this is this is serious like I say there's people's, people's lives are, are at stake in these games I think it means livelihoods uh, You know I don't think anyone Will actually lose their life Over it But uh, he, He's got to stop all this Yes The referee May have had One or two bad decisions I don't believe that Every tackle was a yellow card Well Hugh If you look at it They they, they had two yellows And then obviously Two for Harkins uh, On the same player So uh, And Falkert had two As well So it's not as if It's like Kind of running away Ridiculous You know He he goes on You know The the low block And 5-4-1 Well so what Come up with a a Solution to that Get Get about your business Because now Every match Ought to be a test Mm. of ability If you get greater ability Than the other side Chances are you'll win However Partick Thistle Are now into that Territory where It's a test Of Mm. your nerve In fairness to Gary Caldwell Though you you, And this is a theme you, You now say this Pretty much every week That you know he, he has to stop blaming referees Or whatever Alex we, we watched the Gary Harkins one back it, it, Yeah the second it, one it, yeah. it does look harsh So Hugh if you're down there And you need things to start Going your way somehow Surely you're entitled to point out If you think mistakes have been made That, that have cost you Or have gone some way To costing you points Yeah, I don't blame him uh, For pointing it out But It's not the sole reason Why Patrick Thistle Are in the position they are but in But then is, is he saying It's the sole reason He He Either uses that or something else on a weekly basis. Let's get the thoughts of Andy, who's a Partick fan from Cumbernauld. Hi, Andy. Hi, good evening, chaps. How are we? Not too bad, Andy. We've just had Colin on, who sounds yeah. pretty uh, down about things. Do you do you share that, or are you seeing any signs of optimism? Um, I've listened to what he said, and I've actually listened to what he said there. And who's actually hit it right in the block? He's put you on the series or on the head. Gary Harkins can't now start blaming the referees. Or other teams' formation. It's who's just said there about talking about the formation. So what? You know, change formation, do something against it. You know, at the time, don't just wait till the game and come out and say a five-four-one was hard to break down. Um, but what I wanted to say, I was on a couple of months into the season um, when things weren't going well, and now and that's well, we're still the manager. And I thought, you know, um, 
did request uh, and I was told it will happen but it hasn't happened yet uh, so it's entirely in Patrick Tizzle's court um, I don't you know I don't want to hang Jackie Lowe out to dry either because she has she has backed the manager Gary Caldwell players have come in in goodly number my first priority would be to look at the players who are there to look them in the eye and say, do you have the bottle to get us out of this? Because Alawadu, Falkirk appear to, to have those who are willing to fight. And it's a three-way contest. You know, Dunfermline are going to survive with the skin of their teeth probably. But Partick Thistle have got to make inroads on Alawa And do they have the nerve mm. for it? Having said that, Andy, I'm sure Alawa and Jim Goodwin will be all too aware of the the resources that Falkirk and Partick Thistle have and the, the strengthening they've already done uh, during the window, I mean, you would be expecting at least some of the guys to to, yeah, to yeah, pay yeah, off. Gordon, I, I listened to an interview on BBC a couple of weeks ago and um, Stephen Thompson said he was talking to Jim Goodwin and Jim Goodwin said that he had £250 to spend in the transfer window. You know, that's what he had to spend. Mm. And he seems to be doing, doing the job sort of right and it's just point they're part time but that, that's not something we can argue about we're basically on about you know the way party first world is now um, and is it going to get any better um, ok as she's pointed out Jim eh, sorry Gary Caldwell came with a profile he was the, the chap who he thought was best for the job um, but I don't want to criticise the, the guy but the human assistant who came from, who came from just managing of all the league team who was manager of Albany Rovers last year. And we had this discussion on Saturday again because this guy's assistant was unheard of. He said, manager of Albany Rovers last season and manager of a rolling league team yeah, Andy, do you know what? The, the line isn't great, but I can I can certainly hear you. He's clearly on about Brian Kerr, um, yeah. the, the Partick Thistle assistant, Hugh. And I'm not saying Andy's wrong, but this is a sign of the times because in the space of two calls, it's Gary Caldwell, it's Jackie Lowe, mm-hmm. it's Brian Kerr. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's what you do when you're down there. Well, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. However... Partick Thistle have what they now have And in 17 days the window will close Whether Gary Caldwell has other business in mind I would not pretend to know However, those who are there now You have 15 games And it's not just livelihoods at Partick Thistle That have to be protected There are livelihoods at Alloa And at Falkirk that have to be protected And the players of Falkirk and Alloa At the moment are doing more Than the players of Partick Thistle to protect livelihoods the, play, the players have to take responsibility Hugh The lion's share of this See when you look at the personnel And I've been saying this all year And clearly that's not the case Because when you look at guys That are in there Bannigan and Saunders has played at a good level Story uh, Doolins Erskine Elliot You know When you look at all these guys We all know their names So People are questioning What they've got You said bottle there Or whatever mm. the words you used to you. 
At some stage they need to roll up their sleeves And realise where they are as a club I want to hear more from your memorable debuts This could be the week that we see Defoe in a Rangers shirt for the first time That we see Burke and Weah in Celtic shirts for the first time Ryan Gold at Hibs and the list goes on So with that in mind Your memorable debuts please And a cracking full time teaser is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here And they are ready They've been stretching during the break Just so that they're, they're limbering up for this full-time teaser Because uh, it's quite a good one um, Let's see who it was sent in by this evening It was sent in by Chris Doherty Thank you to Chris uh, This is the part of the show where you send the questions to us And hopefully, as far as I'm concerned The guys don't come up with the answers They'll be hoping that they nail it before the programme finishes um, Fulltime at Clyde1.com That's the address you need to contribute Fulltime at Clyde1.com So, hi guys, he says, very polite He says, uh, can you name the 10 Celtic players As in, were Celtic players at the time who have scored at a World Cup Finals From 98 onwards So including 98 Hi, hi dog Yes Craig Burley Yes Both in 98 uh, Did Mick stay? No So Ken you... Kenny? 98 onwards Oh sorry yeah okay. Come on. Is that yeah. your best Gordon DL impression? They're just simply not listening to the question. Well, let's have got one right. Away. He turns round to me after twenty five minutes. Usually, ah, oh, I've got it now. I've got it now. He says. <laughs> no, I'm just straighten that down. Right, you can play along on Twitter. Uh, we're looking for the ten players who were at Celtic at the time and scored in a World Cup finals from ninety eight onwards. So it includes ninety eight because Pierre Van Hooydonk did it in that tournament in France. Craig Burley did it in that tournament in France Did you see either of those live? I saw Craig score against uh, Norway uh, In It will come to me Can't remember where it was But it was there No shock No shock there <laughs> We stayed in Avignon And flew to all the games First one was in Paris Second one was in uh, Last one was in uh, St Etienne But Where was that? See, I, I, wondered, Hen- I wondered if that was St Etienne It's not, no no, it wasn't in St Etienne. No, no it was that was in, the Morocco game, was it? Yeah, that was in St Etienne. But when Craig scored against Norway, we were in begins with a B. Bordeaux. Bordeaux. There how, we go. how did you forget that? I know that, exactly. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah, exactly. Henrik I mean, Someone's probably going to chip in in two minutes and say that it wasn't, but we'll, we'll leave it there. Henrik's going to be there, surely. Yeah, did it in two thousand and two and two thousand and six, I think. Mm. Right, that's uh, that's three of ten. And did you did you think then that would be the last Scotland goal you would witness at a World Cup what? for a generation? Do you know? I, I I always say to people if I had known then that we wouldn't be back, <laughs> I'd have a better night out than we had. <laughs> was there such a thing? Oh, I mean, you know, it, it was fabulous to be with your own country at a World Cup finals. You know, and and the Avignon was a beautiful place to stay, and the atmosphere around the camp was great. Craig Brown always welcomed the press. Everything about it was terrific. But we got off to a real unlucky start against Brazil at uh, in Paris, and we were very unfortunate. Tommy Boyd was really unfortunate; it wasn't his fault, uh, and it was just a great introduction to the World Cup that year. Remember, we're still asking for your memorable debuts on Twitter. Gordon, a Motherwell fan on Twitter, um, he's got a good one. He says, and the reason I like them here is because I like the more the more obscure ones. Oh. I like that. He says, Abel Thermos. Nah. Wow. Yeah. He says, came to Motherwell with a big promise, uh, 
a game away to Killy and he got sent off, barely seen ever again. Mm. Which leads you to the next one. Fer- Abel Thermos What would his nickname have been? Flask The Flask There you go <laughs> Brilliant I like the obscure ones But I like the ones that we can uh, all relate to as well So keep them coming in Your memorable debuts John Collins Was his debut memorable? No I'm just oh, talking the sorry, I'm, oh. Yeah I'm still Right my brains here I'm thinking about John Did he score? Mm. Hugo? Or was that I mean he certainly scored He scored the penalty against Brazil In Paris That, that uh, opening World Cup match But I, I wonder if he had Already gone by then Had he? Yeah well John I'm now wondering about Chris Doherty's criteria Because John Collins Is on his list So is Pierre Van Hoydonk But John Clark says That Pierre Van Hoydonk Left in 97 A year before the World Cup Chris don't tell me Don't tell me You've done this to me Uh, But there we go I'll tell you what You're just going to have to Second guess What's on Chris's list John Collins is there Pierre Van Hoydonk is there Uh, If you're within a year or two You're probably right (laughs) Um Sammy McFarlane again Look the obscure ones He says Peter Duffield Signed for Morton About dinner time And then a few hours later Scored twice In the derby Against St Mirren An overhead kick In a 3-0 win He says Brilliant Okay 01419511025 Joe is a Celtic fan In Crookston Hi Joe Hi guys How you doing? Good bad Joe. Joe What's your point tonight? Um, so I was phoning up First of all uh, I've been getting a bit of a beating off fans Because I was the last time I spoke to you guys Was on Boxing Day and it was just after uh, it was just after How are you doing Joe? Ah, just after we'd beat Aberdeen <laughs> And Rangers had dropped points to him so. It's good to hear for you Joe It's took you two weeks Aye so I know It's taken me a while to get back on You can imagine I watched oh, the, I watched the old firm game in mixed companies You can imagine Remind me the nature of that call Joe Was there some uh, Was there some <laughs> predictions thrown around? Ah well I, Aye so <laughs> I think yes, we've been talking about the fact that I was I was suggesting the title challenge was completely ridiculous at the time. Oh, that's right. I remember. I, 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 do, I, don't, I don't think suggesting is quite the word <laughs> you're looking for, Joe. You you said that we had a, basically we had a cheek discussing it. Well, it was Boxing Day and spirits were high after the yeah. results. Spirits were flown. Good man. Uh, do you know what? Joe's come on. He's facing the music. Medicine, I don't mind that. On you go, Joe. I'll take my medicine. But, um, no, the real thing I'm phoning up as well. Obviously, a, a wee bit's changed since then. But the main thing that's changed. Is some new signings have come in, and uh, I'm interested. I mean, obviously we've got Defoe and we've got Davis coming in, um, both season pros, and Celtic's continued in the route of bringing in players with development potential. Mm-hmm. But I was looking, because I was talking to some of my pals about this as well, talking about the, the benefits of bringing in these older players, and I was wondering what your thoughts are on it. Because as far as I can see, the worst position, whenever we bring in, whenever you bring anybody into the league, and I was trying to look at an arbitrary at the age of about 32. And I can't find many success stories over the age of 32. When I was looking at it, Davy Weir in defence, Lubomir Moravchek in midfield, and probably the best it's done, it was Kenny Miller and his third spell at Rangers, or you've got to go back to Claudio Canigia. But can you guys think any others among that sort of age group who have come in and really made an impact? Because I can't. I don't think that this is necessarily the way to go, bringing in these guys age 35. And I'm not just saying that because Rangers have brought in Defoe, but... Even the chat about Yaya too, I don't see the sense in that for us either. No, he won't be. Yaya too, he, he won't go to Celtic. But, you know, the way I'm looking at this, Joe, you can have a wish list and then you can have a wishful thinking list. And I think Celtic supporters in their wishful thinking list are putting the names of Defoe and Davies and saying, no, no, it won't work. They hope it won't work, but we'll have to see. You know, they, as you said, Lubo came here at 33 And uh, You know By the time he left People were crying in the streets Because he was going 
so it can work uh, And sometimes it can spectacularly backfire But the debate Old heads, young legs We'll find out soon enough I mean that there's, there has to be potential in Ollie Burke he, ha- he has tremendous ability Will Brendan Rodgers bring it out of him? Uh, Timothy Weir capped eight times for the USA And they're not bad at the age of 18, he clearly has rich potential. I don't think he's Charlie Masonda Mark II. So, bio, none of us know. Not a soul knows whether he's good, bad or indifferent. The money's been paid, and now Celtic will stand by that move. I, I think of the folk I've spoken to, I think Bio's the one that gets us excited because he's ours now we've signed him. He likes all the but You're right, there's a player in there, but in six months, I don't know what we'll see of him. But... Um, Bio for me is the one um, Any player can look brilliant on YouTube But he's a header He can header a ball And we've not had somebody like that That can header a ball And some of the ways he's taken since last one As I can remember um, some of the, And that's what we've been lacking up front Eddie does need somebody to support him up there It's one of the fascinations of the back half Of the championship Race, Joe Championship race <laughs> <laughs> That... <laughs> That maybe uh, know the mismatch that it was before. Yeah, so yeah. But w- one of the, the the fascinations will be Defoe or Bio, Davis or Weah, Burke. Can the player emerge? Uh, it is great. It's going to be terrific, exciting. I think Celtic have got uh, a very good return to the the title race because. Once they uh, remove Airdrie from the Scottish Cup They then have, I think, St Mirren and Hamilton uh, At Celtic Park You know, so If Celtic aren't getting six points And looking good In those two games Then, Joe, you've got a worry in your hands Thank you to Joan Crookson Coming on and facing the music, Alex that, yeah. You've got to admire that Yeah, He's, absolutely It's made my night, Joe um, But, uh, listen, I think uh, it's a very... Topical dis- discussion in terms of what's going to c- bring to the table. You obviously Rangers have gone for the experience route, but going back to Joe's point there, it's interesting because I went there at thirty four, uh, and I managed to do okay in the first season. The second season I was done, but um, it's it's about what they bring to the the experience, how they help the other guys as well. So there's there's plenty of factors for them. But uh, I've been interested to see what Celtic play as well. Uh, these guys, you know, cause will Edward still play up through the middle as he sell with the three behind that? So. Interested to see where these mm. new signings are going to fit in. I think we're going to need to change the question and, and Chris's teaser to name Chris's 10 random players who've played for <laughs> Celtic and scored in the World Cup because John Collins was definitely the more I think about it, I was thinking about it when the call was on, he was definitely gone from Celtic by then. So uh, let's see if let's see if you can name a random selection of 10 former Celtic players who've scored at World Cups Valhar. since 98. No, so you've got Van Hoydonk, Burley. Collins and Larson We'll stick with it where we can Mialbi? Nope Lambert? No I'm throwing in every name from the Martin O'Neill era here I'm just trying to think Was there any other Swedes? Uh, you know, because they were, they were there quite a bit, weren't they here? Um, mm. what, was, what was the boy, Johansson, the midfielder? No No No, he went to Fulham Yeah, yeah No, Stefan Johansson No Okay, okay. Uh, keep 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 your guesses coming. Now that we've ironed out the question, he, uh, we can take the. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a stewards inquiry. Uh, let's speak to James, who's a Liverpool fan in the East End. Hi, James. Hi, how you doing, panel? Good. Right. I just want to put this question to the Shugster and to Alec. Have you heard any rumour, uh, the news on about uh, James Forrest going to Liverpool? 
Because ideally I don't want him to go to Liverpool at all Well I read it on the back page of one newspaper yesterday uh, I think the, the figure of £8 million was That's mentioned right. uh, I don't think that Celtic would contemplate selling James Forrest for £8 million I think we have to have greater respect for the players Who do it up here and not get fooled into thinking Well they're only doing it in Scotland Therefore you should get them for two ginger bottles uh, you know, he, he's, he's worth more than that And you know, I, I think the Celtic fans would be sad to see James Forrest go He's been terrific for them um, But if they get serious money I'll put it that way If they get serious money Whether it's from Liverpool or anybody else Then you know, Celtic do tend to sell under those uh, circumstances I have to say, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, he has really gone to a different level. Whether he's at the Liverpool level at the moment, when you look at the front three that they have, I think that's another jump again. But if he continues to progress in the last couple of years, you never know where the, where the lad could go. But um, I think he seems relatively settled at, at Celtic at the moment. He's just signed a new four or five year contract as well, hasn't Gordon? So, well, in saying just, that, can I come in now? Yeah. I was just thinking I don't want Jim Forrest Down to Liverpool I'm not saying He's a good He's a great player He's a good player I'm not saying He's a great player What I'm trying to say Is Is Alex just Is he going to go Down to Liverpool Is he going to He will get better If he moves to England But if he's got Ambition He's got to go Down to England And he's got to Prove he's worth Down there So the bigger clubs The top four Or the top six clubs In England Can actually turn And say right he looks not a bad prospect No, I mean get him I mean I think he's roughly about 26, 27 Am I right? Yes Yeah, he's 27, yeah, 27 I think yeah. Right. So you think about it If he goes down to England uh, And plays for A middle of the table team uh, And he signs say A two or three year contract Down there That makes him into his 30s Does Liverpool want to buy A 30 year old? No No I don't want him doing it Liverpool at all I don't want him doing there I'd like, I'd like to think That any player Like James Forrest Or any player That's playing for Any of the clubs up here are worth their weight in gold, yes. But let them stay up here. Let them prove it up here. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're, we're losing a lot of young players in England and before you know it, they'll fall away at the wayside. Well, I'll say this about Liverpool at the moment. Before they play Wolves tonight, and I get a shock. Uh, you have to be a heck of a player yeah. to get in this Liverpool team. A heck of a player. And I'm not saying that James we isn't that. But and we are dealing purely in hypotheticals, really. But yeah. Are we judging it wrong? If the question is, is he better than Salah, then the answer's probably no. Correct. I mean, would he get in the squad? Is that, is that a more realistic yeah, yeah. question you think he but, would? But does he want to be a squad player when, you know, he's he's respected at Celtic and uh, he, he signed a, an extended contract, didn't he? Um, I, I, I think the Celtic supporters like, love James Forrest and I think they'd be sad to see him go. It depends. As I say, if Celtic got offered... Serious money hmm. Then they will consider it Thanks to James in the East End Chris Doherty We're struggling a bit on the teaser But I think we've If I take out the bit that he's put in brackets Can you name 10 former Celtic players Who've scored at World Cup finals From 98 onwards I'm taking out the bit about Welsh playing for Celtic Because that cannot That does not apply to these people Can you name 10 former Celtic players Who've scored at a World Cup finals From 98 Key is not one of them hmm. We've got Van Hoydonk Burley Collins Larson. Tom Boyd is not one either, you lot. Not having that. That's the last thing we need is to remember that day again. Hugh Keevans has just been talking about it. At the Boric. Sorry? What, do, do you score? Oh, they have to have scored. Oh, oh. 
That says Gordon <laughs> DL impression. <laughs> oh, dear. Honestly, we'll get the answers. We'll get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard for Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray. That means they've got less than 10 minutes left, and so do you, to come up with the answers for tonight's teaser. Sent in by Chris Doherty. If you've got a question, send it in, please, and we'll try our best to use it. So it's full time at Clyde1.com. Can you name the 10 former Celtic players who've scored at World Cup finals from the 98 tournament onwards? Guys like Van Hooydonk, Burley, Collins, Larson. Any more? Um, Aidan McGeady. No. Roy Keane? Robbie Keane. Yes, Robbie Keane. I'll tell you what, I'll help you out with some of the wrong answers coming in on Twitter. I think that <laughs> might help you. Just to, just to eliminate a few more. Uh, Matthew is amongst those saying... Chris Killen He's not uh, Scott McDonald's not Anthony Neal says Vida Reset That's not one either um, What else can I eliminate for you Top Hat says Is Gidetti one of them Nope <laughs> Give you some more thinking time But you've got serious work to do uh, Dean is in Blantyre Hi Dean Yeah hello guys Hi Hi Dean it's just to make a point about James Forrester that the Liverpool fan was just on talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was quite disrespectful to James Forrester. It was like, no way would I take him down. Like, And he said he would need to go and play and top six teams would look, oh, he is a player. Well, James Forrest has probably got more Champions League experience than that, near enough every player in that Liverpool team. He's probably had more campaigns. Yeah, he's been... Our best player for the last two seasons. I go to most of the games. That's my opinion. And I just think he was quite disrespectful there to James Forrest because when you look at it, against Bayern Munich, he was electric. He was amazing. But in the Champions League nights, he's been brilliant. He's scoring international goals now, and Dean. they're selling players like Solanke for nineteen million who have no experience and. That, 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 that's that, that's England though, where you know, a club like Bournemouth. Can actually afford to spend that kind of money on Dominic Solanke, but Dean, let me ask you this question: Do you think that James Forrest would be a regular for Jurgen Klopp? No, I, I, he he wouldn't get a game. But I was just saying, I thought he was he was coming across a bit bang out of order to James Forrest the way he was talking. And on the on the the, the question of uh, Champions League experience, these Liverpool guys have made it to a Champions League final. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about campaigns. I mean, James Forrest was there. Anyway, for me, you know, James Forrest uh, has never said himself to be anything other than very happy at Celtic. He recently signed a contract extension. He's very happy at Celtic. The Celtic fans, like yourself, are very happy with James Forrest. He will be an extremely important player for Brendan Rodgers between now and the end of the season, where the league title is concerned uh, and in the month of January you can get many stories linking many players with many clubs I'll say no more than that uh, Thank you to Dean in Blantyre Hugh, we were asking the theme of tonight's show was memorable debuts mm. because this is the week in which we could see debuts for a whole host of January signings I'm sure I read earlier that this is the anniversary of the first time the team which would go on to be known 
As the Lisbon Lions played together It's not really a debut as such Yeah But a debut for the The collective 11 if you like the, 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 And who did they play? Now you're asking me to remember I read it earlier as well um, Who did they play? <laughs> St Johnson I think Wow that's a great stat um, the, Not the, a debut So maybe it doesn't count The funny thing is After they won the European Cup Jorkstein said They would never play together again Because he wouldn't have them Beaten by anyone So the The, <laughs> the actual uh, 11 Who started in the Estadio Nacional um, Did not play together again Anyway I'm still looking for Your memorable debuts mm. On Twitter When I was looking for some That might come up here I was having a look around I came across some other Interesting ones Uh Billy Dodds and Jackie McNamara I think mm-hmm. If the website I was looking at is correct What would be Bizarre About their Scotland debuts Was that the one that get Cancelled after seconds Basically One minute or something Oh in the Tallinn One, one team in Tallinn in, Yeah in Estonia Yeah you Imagine that being your Scotland debut Brilliant <laughs> Fantastic What was your Professional debut Alex uh, Against Dean McCall uh, Falkirk versus um, Dunfermline I lasted an hour and I got hooked. <laughs> Did he give a, you the run around? No, not at all. Yeah, it was um, it was a no-no classic, but uh, oh. it was a derby game, which was absolutely you know priceless. It was about five or six thousand. It was great. Winning right, debut. It was no-no. Oh, I see. Am I right in thinking that Ian McCall made his Rangers debut against Celtic, and he he almost scored for Celtic just after coming on? That uh, I have no idea. He hit, he hit the bar. Definitely hit the bar. Collie, if I'm wrong. I'll get your coffee next time up the trendy West End. <laughs> Still time for your memorable debuts. Get them in. I think Brian in Tullybody has one on the phone. Hi, Brian. Hi, guys. Right, I've got one, but I was going to make it a tiny wee bit of teaser. And instead of me telling you who it is, I want you to tell me who it is. Okay. Here's what here's what happened. He, he signed for Celtic. Uh, before you go any further Brian I'm going to show you how I'm a man of great honesty and integrity Because I can see who it is on the screen Because you've told the okay. producer But I won't tell you or Alex On you go Right okay So he, he signed for Celtic He was signed two days previously From a, a club in Europe He came on in the second half And he scored the winning goal And then his very next game Was against Aberdeen And his first game Was against Hibernian His very next game He scored against Aberdeen And he won <laughs> The one one nine win. He then went on to score in a European, or sorry, a Champions League tie away for Celtic, and then he scored in the one nine win against Barcelona. Who are we talking about? Well, the last bit should help you. Yeah. Come on, Hugh. Is it John Hartson? No. So he, he he came off the bench to score in his debut against Hibs. Very next game he scored one nothing against Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. You are indeed correct because I've just googled it just to make sure that we're <laughs> we're on the right page. I mean, I mean, I was at his I was at his first game, and you know, like when when it was announced. I mean, see it as a as a, a, a debut when it was announced. Nobody knew this guy. Nobody. I mean, I'll give you a clue, Hugh. Yeah. Jan Venegur of Hesselink Yes it was indeed uh, Brian I really appreciated that memory I like it I'm going to have to move on Because they've got so And it's their fault Blame them They've got so much work to do In the teaser And we're running out of time Still looking for another Good few Celtic Former Celtic players Who've scored at World Cups From 98 onwards We're looking for five You're missing some obvious ones Right so let's think Parts of the world World Cups Who would be Celtic's Best 
Asian player in that period Ki Sung Young Nope Nakamura Yes oh. Nakamura uh, A former teammate of yours I believe Alex Ray Henry Kamara Henry Kamara Yes If we're going recently <laughs> Hugh who's, who's debut did he waltz past a few players And then stick one in the back of the net We spoke about it earlier Kilmarnock Samaras mm-hmm. A countryman of Henrik Larsson Mm. Uh. Oh come on We're talking about marquee signings Or guys that came up here with big reputations All these Freddy. types of things Freddy Oh Freddy Lundberg Yes Freddy yeah. Lundberg Okay and the last one mm. Is the hardest 98 Denmark A central defender I think Yeah What are you sometimes known as on here? The Grim Reaper or Big Mark Mark, Mark Reaper. Reaper There we go Thank you very much Hugh Evans and Alex Ray for joining me As always We really really appreciate all the calls and tweets It's been fantastic Great great response And uh, Hugh one of your favourites is on with Callum Gallagher next Rag and Bone Man I know Aww. you're a fan of his It's only human I'm only human <laughs> There we go Don't so put the blame on me Callum Gallagher's up next <laughs> Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.